Hey everyone, you're listening to the Simp Investing Podcast where we discuss everything or anything finance and business related. So Simp stands for Simplified Integrity, Meaning and Prudence. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Simp Investing. So just a disclaimer before we officially begin, we'd like to pull out that the information and content discussed does not constitute to any financial advice and serve only for educational or entertainment purposes. So about a topic that I think both of us have zero experience and uh, profound knowledge on. So uh, don't sue us. Don't <laughs> and sue also, us, bro. Uh, <laughs> and also, if you have uh, any like uh, real estate friends or any guests who wants to be on, on the pod to share more uh, legitimate advice and insights, uh, please do reach out to us and uh, we can schedule something out. So today, we want to talk about real estate. So... Uh, I think real estate is quite broad. There are a few categories to it. So for instance, we have the uh, the usual residential uh, properties. For example, the houses we are staying in, uh, especially in the context of Singapore, we got the uh, HDBs, we got the con- private condominiums, we got the uh, landed properties. And landed properties can split themselves into uh, the terraces, the bungalows, the semi-Ds, and the good-class bungalows. And I think um, there are other forms of real estate that we can talk about, which are like, for instance, the um, commercial real estate. So for example, like your stores, um, your offices, and then we also have industrial. So I think some of them, I think more relevant to us may include like, you know, like uh, warehouses or may- maybe in those industrial areas, you got those um, offices as well. So real estate, I think... Uh, has caught my eye recently because of social media. Like I'm on Instagram Wait, and I'm because of social media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, following yeah. <laughs> uh, Following uh, this guy called uh, Jervis <laughs> Christian. Plus, whenever I'm on YouTube, right, I see the I Quadrant ads. Do you, you see oh, okay, the I Quadrant? Okay, 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 got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, then I yeah, see but, all the yeah. other videos. Property Lim Brothers. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, but but to be fair, because if you have such a high AOV, your commission is what 10k, 20k, 30k per house, right? You can just spend on ads. Like, you don't really care. That's why they flood yeah, the market. Yeah, the real estate agents. Yeah, Plus correct. I see them wearing their, their Rolexes, they're driving their luxury cars. Must okay, but to, to be fair, I think that one is just to <laughs> attract clients. Uh. I don't think that one is to... It's like a business expense to them, right? It's not... True. Yeah. yeah. They build out teams and stuff. I think I think the structure works very similar to uh, the insurance industry. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain on that, but please correct us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but like... Uh, when I go and study like the ultra high, high net worth people and even mm-hmm. like at the dining table right, you hear your parents' friends when they talk and stuff. They just all, just all talk about real estate and it's like, okay, like you need to go into this asset class uh, but it's mm. like, if you are in Singapore or Shanghai, you any major city, London, Los Angeles and stuff, right? How, how is anybody in their teens, no, sorry, how is anybody in their <laughs> 20s and even 30s going to afford a uh, real estate place, right? Because I can just imagine like when I go and calculate in my brain, if you start uh-huh. a normal job, for example, you are like best case scenario, right? You make 80 to 100k a year. After tax, you're probably left with 40, 50k, you know, maybe even 60k, 70k, right? Yep. Then how long do you actually have to save to buy an apartment or a condo which is worth a million plus? And then even though there's a down payment sort of thing, like are you indebted for life and stuff like that? So I, I don't know about you, but my perspective is like, like in the past, right, our parents' generation, like yep. they have eaten up all the returns. So it's like yep. in the past, they can say, okay, let's re- and invest in the real estate and that's how you grow wealth and stuff. But I don't know whether it, it applies the same way for our generation. Yeah. I think uh, this is a very prominent issue for us. Like, 
I'm just, I've been scrolling around the net. I've been reading articles about how our current generation, we actually need help from our parents' generation to be able to afford a house. That and then bad. um <laughs> and then be indebted to it and pay for it for the rest of our lives. So uh <laughs> I, I think it's just a generational thing. Plus, I think right, um nowadays even we have to rely on like, government subsidies to be able to afford anything. Like if we don't like for example in the context of Singapore, right? If we don't get married, we don't get the BTO subsidies, it's actually pretty hard to even fork out the upfront cash for uh the housing like you mentioned earlier. So I think I think we have to rely nowadays. People rely on a lot of their from their parents and also yep. these government subsidies, yeah, uh, for sure. But the thing I don't I don't get is like how right like you see those advertisements on YouTube, they talk about like uh can you really own property with uh, no cash down or something like that you you know yeah, that, it, it that, uh, that, like that meme. That, <laughs> I don't I, I don't get yeah. how how do they do it? So um, you see right like uh, you need to. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's not residential properties that they're talking about. Maybe they're talking about. Oh no no! no. Like I I I know how you do it. I know how you do it. Uh-huh. So because like the, uh, they are in the info product guru space, right? Uh-huh. So I am friends in the market and stuff. So basically, what what they do is that, uh, instead of uh leveraging and using your own capital, you go and mm-hmm. borrow other people's capital to put the money down. <laughs> so 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 you you pull together your friends and family, and then you put it, and then you own the down payment, and then you are the one managing, but then you you make for example x amount of returns. But that, that is, is that, what they mean by no money down. Yeah, is that isn't that like a, quite a gray area? I I, I don't know if that like specific laws that target that. Uh, if if because you know like in, especially in somewhere like Singapore where land is very limited and our population is like, uh, probably, I feel like it's very dense. Yeah. So living is something I think the government will take very uh acute, uh and uh, a special attention to like if for example all of these people like, that is buying up properties and pushing prices up. I don't think it makes living here very sustainable, especially if you're trying to like attract, I think like those rich people, I mean, rich people can, maybe like foreign workers, they expect the foreign talents, yeah. right? For example, uh, the um, developers, etc., programmers, maybe boosting up property prices may not be the best uh, incentive to get them here. Like, yeah, for sure they get paid higher, but um, living expenses are going to shoot up as well. So to, to be honest, right? I think I think Singapore actually has it good. Like if you think about it, uh, Singapore is the only country country that has like public housing subsidized. If you go to mm-hmm. Shanghai, or like London, right? My sister lives in London, for example. It's like you, you you're living paycheck to paycheck. It's insane, and then it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. in cool. that situation, it's also uh because the the Qatar or like the Chinese billionaires go and dump money there. Mm-hmm. Like at least Singapore, they try to regulate somehow, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's just insane. Uh, like our generation is like, if you don't own a business that is like profitable, or you don't, you're not in tech, or like this, the you know the lawyer, doctor, etc. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know about you, it's, it feels like you're screwed. Just just my opinion, uh. yeah, But probably, it's, I, I don't want to say this as well, cause <laughs> but but I I feel it. It's just, it's like the situation is like that as well. Yeah. So moving on to the the investment side of things, so all these investors they they put together their money, so they are in search for. Capital gains, uh, that's for sure, right? Like you make like same as yeah. equity, you buy and you sell higher. Yeah. And then I think another thing that's um quite uh unique to property might be the cash flow game, right? The rentals and then making sure like the cash flow you receive is greater than the perhaps the mortgage payments on top of interest and things like that. Uh, I mean, I know about that. Like you know, sometimes you have to uh think into account that. 
what the interest rate environment is, right? Before you do that, correct? Like, yeah. For example, I think mortgage rates is rising in the US. And then I think, right, uh, I think not, not in Singapore, but especially in the US, the Airbnb, the whole, all, the entire Airbnb game there might be in, in a little trouble, I feel. Would, would you think that? that You're talking about thing? US? Yeah, US. The whole Airbnb thing. I, I know that a lot of, no, I, uh, I some of these so. Airbnb people, yeah. they, some of them, I think they, they don't own the property themselves. So what I, at least what I think that some of them will do is they take out long-term uh, rents from these uh, property owners and then they as in the form of an Airbnb service. So I think it's a, a very fine line between like screwing up and, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean, right? like you're stuck yeah, yeah, in the long-term yeah. rents and then your Airbnb things, you don't get like uh, the long-term kind of security in terms of uh, stable cash flow in, in terms of uh, what you are getting in, and versus what you're paying out, which is something stable, uh, I I don't really know, man. Like, I think you're talking about two different things. The Airbnb mm-hmm. uh rent out to another person thing is the, is what the cost gurus are selling you, right? Set up your Airbnb business. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's different from actually buying properties and holding. So mm-hmm. I I actually don't think Airbnb is saturated or like that market is whatever because. Uh, like as long as there's supply, people may potentially rent if they want to go and, you know, they want to go on holiday and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's saturated at all. It's just more like because the gurus are so loud, so that's the echo chamber yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, honestly, like, like, but, but, but when I think about it, right, they always people always say like e-commerce is saturated, but it's like, <laughs> um, like in, in five years time, right, will more people buy online or less people, right? Probably more. Yeah, and and most of the time, the people doing it now, right, are they gonna mm. quit in five years? I, I 100% <laughs> double down on you. I 100% will say a lot of people will quit, right? So it's just, can you stay in the late game longer than others? I feel like, uh, yeah, that's what my perspective is. So with regards to this whole buying a property as an investment thing, what do you think are some pros and cons to it? Like from a, from us as a normal, normal random average dude perspective, like what do you think yeah. are some of the pros and cons to it? Uh, You want my personal opinion or like professional? <laughs> I, I think personal we're not professional. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, like, like personally, I like uh, cause I people I look up to and stuff. A lot of mm-hmm. them say it's complete waste of money. That's what they say. Oh. But like, like people I really respect and like look up to uh-huh. in, in business and stuff like that. And then they say it's complete waste of money because it's like you're holding or locking up that cash that you can mm-hmm. reinvest elsewhere. And the yield that you're getting in property is so uncertain. And even if you want to liquidate on that position, right, it's so difficult to sell when you actually do want to sell. So mm. it's like, oh, can you put in equities or can you just, you know, dump everything back into the business, drive profits to zero. And then you also got a better return on your investment anyway. So that's that's the the opinion I'm skewed to. Uh. The other way that 30% of me is like, oh, having a property is good. But then again, it's also, that's kind of what society tells you. Uh. So uh, it's, it's good, good or bad, you know. Um, I mean, obviously having a house would be great uh, and you own something, but... If you are a slave to your mortgage, then uh, I will even say that's a good life to to live. Uh, I feel true. So for me, right, um, this is in, in the context of I already have a house house living in, already paid fully, and I have the capital to invest in in another property. Oh wait, you own a property? No, I, I don't like in the in oh. hypothetical <laughs> scenario. Oh, okay, okay. I wish I, I was like, hey, Branson is balling, bro. <laughs> I wish I own a property, but it's for the hypothetical scenario where I already own a property. Uh, say I'm like almost done paying for it, and I'm buying another. Thinking of buying another property for investment, so uh, I don't think the normal normal dudes will like buy like a, a 
warehouse for instance maybe, maybe they do but i think normal people might actually just buy another residential house for investments because yeah. we, we familiarize with it more right so i think Singapore, one one advantage is that that shit won't go down like twenty or forty percent overnight like crypt some crypto coins. Huh? Mm. So right, so it gives people some sense of security. It's like the the slow get rich very 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 slowly, but in a more certain uh and stable manner. So you get your yield from your rentals and your maybe over time your uh capital gains. But it's a real asset like You can see it like, People feel safe with that, and it's typically I think governed by the government. Uh, in a way to prevent any excessive foul play, all right. Like uh, you don't see like uh, like firms coming in or individuals coming in trying to like you know control the market. It, I mean, it takes a lot. It requires a lot of capital, but you don't really see that happening because of rules and regulations. Plus, I think this stability, right? Uh, in terms of being able to protect, uh, predict the U in a certain way, it allows you the power to perhaps predict and which is which is. I think what a lot of people do, especially uh, I think in the past ten years where interest rates were low, uh, plus I think it's a it's a property. So I think the bank, looking at your profile, considering that you have a normal decent career, they probably would, uh, hand you hand you the money. But I think the con is right. It's such a high upfront cost. Like you know, the investment so so hefty at the start with all the down payments and shit like that. Plus I think uh, there are a lot of laws that uh, I think puts you in a difficult position to uh, excessively profit from this kind of things. Like, you know that if you own a property, right, you have to stay in it for like, I think five years or something like that before you can sell it. So this this illiquidity may drain you up. And then there's also like additional stamp duty taxes, which is very high on your, uh, especially for residential for properties. Property, right? Yeah. I, I, can you own two HDBs? I, I, I'm, I'm not uh, too sure about that. That sounds illegal. Yeah right. So so <laughs> confirm hundred percent stamp duty. <laughs> Plus, I think interest rate now rising, this whole mortgage thing going up. I I don't know about it being a good investment now, but but uh probably yeah, but then probably again, yeah. That's why I always say like I kind of made the mistake like I dumped like a lot of my net worth into equities, but it's like I could have just held cash and then just reinvested into the business. So like. Hmm. Yeah, like that's kind of my mistake as well. But and, and I, now, now I know, right? Now it's like just drive profits to zero. Don't like pay minimal tax as much as possible, and then you grow much faster anyway, and have more control of your net worth. Yeah, that's how I feel like nowadays. I guess I changed my mindset a lot already. Yeah. But will you ever ever buy a house? Yeah, of course I would like a house, Stay. but but like I, I was talking to my friend from the US, right? Then I was telling him like mm-hmm. if it's actually if I was American, I would have like three rental properties by now already. And then, uh, because for example, you pay 150, 170k for a fixed mm. fixed upper, right? They call it like a small s, not even a bungalow, it's like a landed property, right? It's very common in the US, in the suburbs or something. Then each each month you collect what, eight hundred to a thousand five in rent, for example. And so like like the the yield on that is like you just let it run, uh, just let it run, and it's cash yeah. flow positive anyway. And then you have three, four, five, and you just keep buying and buying. And also, I think the good thing about the US tax law is that you can take company profits, you can buy. And then you reduce tax. Oh what? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, because my friend's an accountant, so I was like, oh shit, this is like massive, man. <laughs> yeah, imagine you. So you make uh three four hundred k uh free tax after cash flow uh after tax free cash flow right in the business. Then you just go and buy a rental property, and then you can uh I think you can it's called amortization on the mm. the construction on the everything. Yeah, you can just reduce your tax. It's it's super like a... yeah. 
Do they have a renting culture there, like the Americans? Yes, because most of the time have, people right? move out from their move out from their parents' house, so they are forced to rent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the, my, the... my my friend is like 32, 33 now, right? He has been working since he no he no national service. He's been working since like 21, 22. So he's like eight, ten years in, right? He still can't mm-hmm. afford a house in Los Angeles, you know. But it's LA. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but it's like it's not even prime time LA. It's like southern, southern LA, uh, south of the airport, for example. And Whoa. it's like, yeah, so I like, holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's insane, like, I feel. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's say you're going to buy a property. What 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 factors would you consider? You're talking in Singapore or overseas? In Singapore. Oh, um, honestly, if, if, I, if I had a girlfriend, sorry, if I had a wife, <laughs> and go buy HDB. Like I don't, I don't mind uh-huh. HDB. I'm a very simple person. Mm. Uh, like material things, I just need Wi-Fi and like good floor to sleep. That's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like legit, like serious. Yep. Yeah. For me, to me, uh, I mean, I, I, I wanted to consider a lot of things. Uh. Like, I mean, I'm only, I probably will be only limited to the BTOs. <laughs> but if I, and then I'll just like choose whatever location that they actually will give me an allocation to. But if I can, right, I think there are some things I would like to consider, like, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't want to, you know, buy into something and then I yeah. see other places, the, the, the prices rise faster than where I'm staying at, where majority of my net worth is at. So if I could, I think I'll probably, the main, the most important thing would probably be location. Not, not even the context of like, uh, whether it's prime area, like whether I stay in Orchard or I stay yeah, in like, you know, Pasir Ridge or kind of stuff. Yeah. So the like, amenities, like maybe some schools or some malls nearby. Transportation, I think is very important. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe there'll be some future development plans. Like for example, I think like uh, where I'm staying at now, Pasir Panjang, that area, uh, they're going to like remove the port, maybe develop something. So probably all this kind of thing counts. Yeah. And then if it's HDB, I probably wouldn't care about the tenure left. Because I think sometimes freehold properties they get higher valuations and premiums. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I think it all depends on the valuation. You know, sometimes uh, when when, especially if you're hunting for like uh, your second property and stuff like that, there probably there always be a bank valuation done by the by the seller or the, or, or you, yourself you, you request for it and then you see how much you can get above or below it depending on how you negotiate with the seller and stuff like that. Right. Maybe renovation also plays a big part. Like mm. if the, the unit is very, very, very nice renovated, would you would you pay a premium just to be able to move in straight, or would you rather like buy a house that's a bit a little older, and then you have to on your own, you have to design everything, and then you have to wait for it to be done. Yeah, I actually I do the the latter lah. I'm, oh, I'm okay. Rather your okay own design, waiting. is it? I'm okay waiting. Like, you can always there. buy. <laughs> you can always buy furniture. You know what I mean? Like I don't know about you, but like. If if the place sucks, you can always you can always improve it. It's not an issue. That's yeah. true. Yeah, my I I met a friend while playing basketball right last time, and then uh-huh. like his his mentality versus like the people our age. I don't know he's very different. Even though he's like, uh, I think thirty one, thirty two. He's a software engineer in government. Uh. Uh, that's all I say. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's married, and then he's basically his mindset is uh, he won't have kids, so he bought a resale flat in Amokyo, uh, around four hundred k and stuff like that. So it's like. You just hold it forever, like like why why not? I'm not have, gonna have kids anyway. I'm just gonna enjoy mm-hmm. my life, and who cares if the 99 year lease ends, right? I'm gonna be almost dead by then. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas like the friends <laughs> our age, right? I, I hear them talk. It's like, oh, I I need the resale. So I need the BTO to be able mm-hmm. to resell so I can flip it. Then I'm thinking like this. Sorry, that sounds kind of stupid. Uh, I feel, but 
I mean, I don't know. I don't have a girlfriend, right? So I can't say shit. <laughs> the the yeah. BTO, some of them, the lockup is very long. Eh. If I'm not wrong, there's, there's this one at Rochelle area. I yeah. think that's quite highly sought after because it's pretty near the central area, right? I, th- I think the lockup period is, I think, 10, 8 years, 10 years? I can't, I can't remember, but it's super long. It's longer than the usual. And you, you'll be stuck, uh, essentially. Then imagine touch with that you get an argument and then you get divorced your wife you can't even sell the place you can't even sell the place to split up your assets <laughs> oh yeah okay that makes sense so yeah. personally for me uh i probably wouldn't want to invest in properties maybe maybe that's because i'm younger now yeah. Then my, my risk profile is different. I have kids, I don't have any baggage, uh, but I probably would want to invest in uh properties. Uh, your, yourself, same thing. As in if you had seven figures plus in in like after tax uh cash, yes. I don't mind. You but don't mind. If I don't, I, I actually I don't even care about properties. I just be honest with you. Because mm. I, I know how unrealistic it is in Singapore. Like like the, the people who are the real estate moguls, moguls, mm-hmm. right? All of them have have that cash flow business that's working on. If you yeah. think about it, like I don't know. Okay, I I, I went to Tiger Bomb website, right? I know this mm-hmm. is really really like off topic, but Tiger Bomb website. Then they make like two hundred mil ref, fifty four percent net margin, something like that, something crazy. So you oh, got hundred million in free cash flow. They should go and buy commercial properties, man. That's very good. Very yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Like for a physical product business, because nowadays you don't need to spend on marketing because the mm-hmm. the brand is so really established known, yeah. already. Correct. So your expect your expenses are just down only product cost basically and distribution i i feel like all the all the all, all these properties right and this is good class bungalows all this right they're mostly owned by old money eh? i don't really see any like you know new money going up to buy them like tech tech money except for a few like, like you see your uh your secret like your secret labs and then your uh, recent crypto money like you know three arrows capital even though they're in the gutters now uh facing a lot of trouble but I think uh, one of its co-founders, Suzu, actually bought a good class bungalow, I think for 50 million recently. So tech money, there is a way to uh, buy all these um, GCBs. But I think usually those who own them now, eh, all the old money, your tycoons, your oil tycoons, your uh, hotel retailers, hotelers and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's very hard to get into uh, property now, especially with... Uh, you know, rising cost of living and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty hard for us. So uh I think that is one. So how uh how can we as normal retailers or perhaps like uh, normal retail investors or people with limited capital that can become buy like a house or a commercial property outright to invest. I think uh there is still a way for us to do it, uh other than you know joining I quadrant and when I get sued for this, <laughs> yeah, you probably I... will. You probably oh, will yeah. sue for yeah. defamation. I, don't join. <laughs> no, 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 don't join. Uh, disregard what what did I said just now. But uh, probably another way for us to to invest in property and get exposure is probably through REITs, uh, which are real estate investment trusts. So I think they they're listed in the equity markets as well. So you can just buy them like your normal stocks. So uh, I think the magic of REITs, right, is people are after the dividend yields that they, they give up. So you can buy different type of REITs. They have like the, the data center REITs, the malls, the offices, the hospitals, even like the old age homes, the hostels and stuff like that. So 
uh, essentially, it's also a cash flow game when you talk about REITs, right? They are, are they able to revise their dividend yield upwards? Is it frequent and consistent in terms of their payouts? Um, th- that's one very important thing to cons- consider. And uh, do, you, do you know that, uh, you know, for REITs, right? I think especially in Singapore, they have a mandate on how much uh, leverage or ratio that a REIT yep. instrument yep. can take. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's around 40 plus percent. I can't, I can't remember clearly. So there are some strict requirements to meet them. You cannot exceed that amount. Yeah. They call it gearing level as well. So yep. I think you can, normal retailers like us, we can like look at how much room they have left. So I think that like the gearing ratio, right? It shows like in a way like how much room you can have to take on debt to expand your uh, portfolio of uh, properties. So might be some growth indication, but it also depends on like uh, whether you have any existing properties that you want to sell for stuff like that. Uh, another thing I I will look at for read right is the the weighted average lease period. So that's like um, you know like how long, uh, in on average, how many amount of years of lease you, they have left. Uh, they are tied to tenants currently. So I think this is subjective. Uh, cannot just look at the numbers, right? It depends, like whether like you know in an environment where rents are typically rising for the certain type of property, if your weighted average lease period is too long, you probably cannot revise upwards because, you know, you've got contractual agreements unless you want to get lawsuits. Huh? <laughs> and then uh, if it's too short, right, it's not good also because the, the essence of being having a REIT uh, properties and all that is uh, predictability in terms of cash flow. So if your if uh, weighted average lease period is too short, there's too much uncertainty to it because you don't know like you can revise upwards or downwards and stuff like you always deal with tenants and things like that all the, all the disagreements yep. that this, this isn't helpful in terms of predicting cash flows and uh i think another thing is tenant mix so you know you know when you go shopping right some malls are like absolute shit <laughs> all right all right some well, malls are yeah, yeah. i hear really capital land has there. a good reputation of the maintenance but yeah i mean that's what i hear lah Capital Land, I think they have some malls like Plaza Singapura. Yeah, most of them uh, when you walk to the malls like they're okay, like you can see uh, like they actually yeah. try. They <laughs> <laughs> actually try. Uh, some some malls are really empty, but like yeah, uh not gonna disclose where I live. <laughs> but opposite my place there's this like uh a, a mini mall. Dude, there's nothing there, dude. Everything is closed. If yeah, if everything is closed it means that the the owner yeah, can't attract correct tenants, uh, right? They can't mm. attract the merchants to come in and rent. Oh, actually, it's not very easy to run a mall. No, I, think I, about my, it. my, uh, my uncle, or like close relative, mm-hmm. they he he's like the engineer. Or it's like he's managing the maintenance people, mm. but the uh, the company that he works for like, they does for like Australia and Singapore properties. So it's like uh the finance people at the top. He says it's a fund, it's mm. a private fund lah. Then the, the investors just pour money in, and then he's just like, okay, we aim for this amount of returns. Then it's like every single year we allocate. X amount of dollars for maintenance, for example, we just mm. pay you and stuff, and then you just you go and manage the thing. Yeah, but then again, it's like if the the, the tenant because the yield right on the investor side, all they look at is that at the end of the day, how much yield are we getting? Are we getting seven, ten percent, for example? And yeah. if we don't hit that, right, we either reduce the budget for uh, we reduce expenses, so reduce the budget for the maintenance, or you increase the rent. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. So you can't really increase the rent, right? I mean, it's only so increasable. Then you just so you just reduce the maintenance, or that's why I think most uh. You get what I mean? Some most, malls remain shit. <laughs> correct. Most properties, they also like, they don't care because at the end mm. of the day, the finance person is going to look at the numbers and say, yo, we we got the yield, so I couldn't care less. 
Yeah. It's all about the cash flow in the it's end. It's all about the cash flow, yeah. Yeah. That's also why a lot of people don't like bankers, oh. Because <laughs> he's an engineer. Objective. Yeah, yeah, he said an engineer. So it's like the finance people will look at the engineer and say, hey, can you just settle for me? Lah? Like, why? Mm. Yeah, something like that. So uh besides that, the tandem mix. Oh, oh, one more thing about tandem mix. So you know some you need to secure that one big brand, right? McDonald's then you open, the, McDonald's. You open the doors up to other brands, right? Yep. Correct. So if you don't secure that first brand, then that, that's it, right? Like your mall is you're, you're you'll be substandard or you're sub you're substandard more. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that I don't know how they do it, but uh I would imagine if it's prime area, right? The the, the location will sell itself. But other than that, if it's like a shitty area, it's pretty hard to land those big brands, all all investments and stuff like that also. Correct. So actually yeah. if you think about it, it's like a business, right? If you think about it, so yeah. it's like if I give a big brand a lower fee. They mm-hmm. let, let me entice them to come. And so that's like your acquisition cost, right? You just yeah. get one customer in and then the rest of them see McDonald's comes in and then just come in. Because the, the McDonald's brings in traffic by itself. Then if the concept is proven, when the traffic comes because of that, then you slowly raise your rent, which is Correct. sort of like your your MVP now works. So you raise your prices. <laughs> yeah. If McDonald's is willing to come and rent uh, here, yeah. like why wouldn't you come and rent here? Makes sense. Mm, true. Yeah. So everything is business, right? <laughs> right? If you think about it, like it's just still running a business. It's just that Everything is super hard, fixed cost, and extremely risky. <laughs> then there's another thing, like, you know, uh, it's because of certain brands that come. Then how do you adjust, like, you no, know, for example, uh, there's a McDonald's here, and then yeah. there's another shitty fast food brand on the other side who can't, who came in thinking that, uh, okay, the McDonald's here is going to drive traffic, but then actually no traffic goes there. Then their brand is going to, like, eventually uh, lose business, uh, become unprofitable, and, and, you know, be forced to move out or close. And then, and then it opens up another void. And this thing will keep keeps continuing. So maybe that's why there's the occupancy rate. Right? I realized for this for REITs, right? Like all these malls, the occupancy rate is not always a hundred percent. Of course. It's probably of because course. of this like cannibalization. Yeah, like, like people don't understand how difficult it is to operate retail. Like they literally yeah. don't understand. You know, like my friend, he runs e-commerce, but he rents a space in Plaza Singh. He pays mm-hmm. seven to eight thousand, right? For uh like if you put four bits, like the length of four bits. I don't even think the length of the width, right? He's paying seven, eight thousand for that, you know, it's insane. Then I was like, like how? <laughs> like how? Plus, it's just prime, it's just prime real estate, or it's just but know. all the traffic in the mall, like usually I would think uh, if, especially since Plaza Singapore, most traffic will only come in like during the weekends. So for the weekdays, most of the time you're not getting optimal traffic to make not the most that, out of your money. Not only that, it's like you're not on the first floor. He he's on the first floor. Like like you're you're most of the time you're not on the first floor. The first floor is the most traffic, right? And once you start going up the levels, yeah. Once you start going on levels, you won't have enough traffic, right? What a dumb like the seven k in like some random ad. <laughs> that's what I told myself. That's what I told myself. Why he says like, oh, Singaporeans will think that we are more credible because we have a physical location. But I was like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think I just don't know lah. Maybe I. That, that was hardcore. was that was that before yeah. COVID. Uh yes, but even during and after COVID, it's still renting. So, I mean, he got balls. Uh, I can respect that. Okay, but the fact that he's still around means it works to a certain degree. Uh. Yeah, la, but you're, you're hurt, significantly hurting your cash flow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think for REITs, what else do we, can we potentially look at? Oh, the debt expiry profile. So, you, you want to see like where your debts are going to expire, stuff like that, make sure the cash flow, are they able to raise debt in a lower interest rate and stuff like that? But I, I don't know, like you know, you know, like when they talk about like the rising interest rate environment, like, would it like REITs suffer a lot as a result? Yes. 
So right. what my uncle said, for example, is like they their leverage is very is quite hard because mm-hmm. <laughs> their cash outlay initial cash outlay is very low. So like the current properties is fine because the mortgage rates whatever. But then the future properties when they want to expand is like it's going to cause a boring increase. Yeah, then it's like your if your margin is thin already, ooh, damn. So your rental rates are going to increase, and then when your rental rates increase, you're going to pass on the cost to the consumer. Oh no! It's, <laughs> no, but if you pass if you pass the cost on, your conversion rate is going to Drops. lower because there'll yeah. be lesser tenants. So that's, it's not a very healthy cycle. Yeah. yeah so. Oh. Yeah, like it's oh, wow. a real estate is an old man's game. Uh. It's not it's not for us. Uh. You need to be able to you need to have them already and then you need to have the cash to tie through this this type of cycles to you know accumulate more when times are bad. But yeah. I think now people very hard. Maybe you try try to do it with the REITs. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, to to be fair, like I was sold into the idea of the the dividend and passive income thing quite a while ago. Mm. But it's like it's totally unrealistic. Like people don't understand. <laughs> and people say, our say, age yeah our age people our age right we only have like okay let's say we have nothing our parents didn't give us anything we went through school we didn't do anything else so we come out of school we go for our first job first jobs we get say uh average salary even 4k a month then we want to do dividend investing so we, we have a portfolio like say maybe at towards the end of year we got 10k then we're gonna get like 8% we got 800 per year on that of portfolio I, I don't think no race is not 10% just let you know it's lower than <laughs> just let you know Branson <laughs> just let you know do you know I think 6% is like the max like, like very very good really shit in terms of quality wise uh, and you'll you be surprised want, okay, you want high use yeah I, last time I dumped my entire like I think it was very small last time like 25k mm-hmm. into rates after 5 years right or 4 and a half something like that the, the stock price went down so on the net net the capital gains and the stock price I lost money Oh, so the, the the dividend could be positive, right? Who cares, right? Cash flow. But when I sold yeah. it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "You see what I mean?" Like, yeah. So I, that's why I come from hardcore internet marketing, where it's like just build the cash flow business first mm. and dump all of that. It's basically like what Iman Gatsi said. He's right, uh, He's yep. right. Yeah, just d- dump the cash flow into something. But because you, you have need that, something, yeah. correct? Generate the cash flow. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, if you're a full time investor. Where are you gonna get your first lump of capital from? And then secondly, yeah, can you deal with like the volatility, especially if you have to be in the market all the time? And disregard that, uh, you're not you're not a trader, you're just an investor. I don't know how you're gonna. Yeah, if you're running the business right, and every every uh, every month thirty k comes mm. in free cash flow, mm. like like you couldn't care less and the market goes down. Yeah, but that's why people don't understand; they don't have that. That's why, yeah, <laughs> like like yeah. You guys have to build like, businesses. <laughs> yeah, you need you need to build businesses or you're in a role where there is a very, very clear upside. Mm. Like your role, your role is a very clear upside, right? That's why it's a good job. Because uh provided I pass probation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is assuming that you have the skill set, yeah. you go in and train yeah. and yeah. But but I think what's good about your job is that even I'm a bit jealous, huh? <laughs> is that <laughs> even even if you leave, right, their skill set still follows you to your personal portfolio. So like mm. literally doesn't like who cares? It's a, it's, a, it's a skill. Uh. It's a skill set, correct? So yeah, like, like same for me, right? I did marketing. I help people mm-hmm. make like a ton of money. Even it's if the clients skill. fire me, I still have the skill set so I know what to do on my store, own store. Yeah. You can try, yeah. You can implement on your own stores. Correct. And you know how to skill because I mean, you look at them, you advise them, you can just do it on yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, sensitive topic. Uh, We talked about it a little bit on the start but uh, property agents as a career. 
What do you think about it? I think it's an awesome job. I just be honest with you. Awesome job. I don't know why people talk a lot of shit. Probably because I don't follow a lot of property agents. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the property agent as a um, very cash flow positive business. It's a proven business model. Uh, mm-hmm. You only quit if you... Sorry, you only fail if you quit. If you're mm-hmm. not on enough doors, there's surely one person who can sell the house. If you can sell one house, yep. you can sell 10 houses. That's what I learned in business. You can sell one product, you can sell 10 products. <laughs> it's not rocket science, right? You keep selling the same thing the same way and you use the same acquisition channel to, to acquire the customer, for example. And not only that, like once you grow the reputation and stuff like that, uh, I know how to do content marketing. So mm-hmm. you can scale that very, very fast once you can push content and push media out to acquire more leads and customers. And uh, a lot of the times people, like uh, starting real estate agents, right? The reason why they fail or they cannot do this is because they probably don't have uh, peace and security in their brain or not enough cash mm-hmm. in the bank to tie this Tight out true. for six months without anything. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but if you actually like, Think about it. Like, if you say, okay, you give them two years, you definitely be set for life. But in the yep. first six months, you won't make anything. Would you still make a decision to become an agent? Most people will say yes. But when On they actually do it, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, yeah. Make sense? It snowballs. It snowballs. Correct. It snowballs. And by year three, year four, you're insane. You're almost like liquid multi-millionaire. And mm. you're just going to sell more expensive and more expensive houses. So you got your own deal flows plus especially if you make it as an agent, right? You're probably going to want to start a team and yep. then you get the, you get proceeds from your, your trained agent's uh, deal flow. Yeah. So, so it's, well, it's, 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 it's a business also, I think about it. It's, it's, it's really like a business, but the business is you. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen what Ryan Serhan, have you Ryan Serhan? Is it the, the American yep. YouTuber? Correct. Yep. American YouTuber. He's a real estate agent. So he's even more smarter, right? He went the info route. So he got the, mm. he got the main business of selling real estate. Then he got a bunch of brokerage agents. So he's he's taking the value from there plus that authority, you know. And then that, that's a that's a cash flow positive business. He literally doesn't need to run it because his agents sell for him. Then he got the content yep. side, selling people how to do real estate. So that's even more agents for his own main real estate. Mm. And then he can sell more expensive, more expensive houses and just position there. So you got this big ass flywheel like, that is like, as long as you stay in the game, right? You can't lose one. Like it's, it's physically impossible to lose. Just I just have a, a worry about that industry as a whole because you know you see companies like um ninety nine co coming up, I I I'm not exactly sure what they do but I would figure yep. that somewhere along the way somebody's gonna try to disrupt this agent commission thing, correct? Like uh, I mean agents by uh, traditional standards they will bring you out uh bring you the flats that you want you know viewings and stuff like that but now with like you know ninety nine co and then some you know there's some like uh, I can't remember what the company is called but it's this in the US I think through a spec. Like you can you can view like the entire house right like in the like a I know me, me and Kevin always talks about the yeah 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 that, that, that company so I I don't know like how how values are, how agents are gonna continue to value in the future especially if like you know now the viewing process can be done online no uh finding a property yeah. can be done online perhaps even the like you know the transaction thing probably could be automated online oh you're so, talking about Metapod right the, yeah Metapod that was yeah. Metapod yeah. yeah so how how do valence val- Agents value it. Um, maybe through investment advice, but I, I don't know about that. So, to be honest, right, I, I don't think the agent is going to go anywhere mm-hmm. because I used to sell B two B high ticket, right? Mm. Anything from above three thousand, people want to speak to you on the phone. So if you're selling uh... three hundred thousand, you surely want to talk to someone, like like legit. <laughs> like like Zillow is only so good to show you the property and show how the yep. house is, but if you're selling selling anything for more than five k, right, most of the time it's high ticket. So. You need to get on the phone, man. Serious. Yeah. 
So a winning business model here is try to combine what these growing firms are doing, but with the human element. I don't even think that. Eh? I think the thing that you need to have is just better lead acquisition and nurturing mm. strategies if you want to be successful real estate. Eh? Obviously, I'm talking on my ass, right? I'm not a real estate agent. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, like, like from a pure marketing standpoint, like serious, like it's not, I don't think it's that bad as people think, as people mm. say it is. Like you think about it, like in five years time, if I drop, 100, 200, 300k to spend on something. Do I want to talk to someone? <laughs> I, I, would think, talk to I would think <laughs> with someone, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah. Unless you tell me mm. the entire B2B enterprise sales world is going to disappear. I don't think so, right? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not worried Highly about Highly unlikely that. not. Highly unlikely. Yeah. So, okay. So so I think in this episode, we, we talk about a couple, couple of things like um, what, what type of properties to invest in. What, what are the options available? Like, what do we look out for? Some of the, some of the factors we look out for in properties, like if you're ever gonna buy one, um, and then we talk about like you know some pros and cons. Do we actually buy one, and then we talked about REITs, some factors to consider, and in the end we talk about like a property agent. So, what what we shared right is like as John said, I quoted out of our asses. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm really so, thinking out of my ass. Yeah, like, same, same. so I think I'm right. Definitely but, someone yeah. on. To share more about this to give us some enlightenment as well yeah so if you are keen uh, do reach out to us and we can always schedule something out because we really like us as ourselves eventually we're gonna have to buy a house one day uh maybe except john maybe he doesn't want to buy a house but i, I want to buy a house <laughs> <laughs> i want to buy a house so this this is like a advice that everybody i feel needs to know eventually so it's it's a it's a life-altering decision so do reach out to us and I think that's it for today, right? Yep. Yep. So thank yeah. you guys and Thanks see you guys next. For listening.